Okay, here it comes. Uh, I gave you some homework uh, for, uh, for, for today, and, and you may or may not have seen that on, in the email or on uh, Facebook. The homework was to check out a video from Frozen 2, uh, and because of copyright stuff, we can't play it live, but if you uh, didn't get a chance to see it, uh, go and, and, and watch that later after the sermon. Uh, go and watch that later, and, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's called Some Things Never Change, uh, and it's in the movie Frozen 2. It actually begins the movie Frozen 2. Um, I've never seen Frozen 2, and in fact, that's the only clip from the entire movie that I've seen. So I'm uh, speaking a little bit out of turn here, but the song, Some Things Never Change, is full of irony. <laughs> uh, from the very opening lines, I don't know how much of this you caught when you watched it or how many times you watched it. Confession, I've probably watched it like 20 times in the last few days, okay, just confession time. Um, uh, from the opening lines, it's full of irony. Because the, the title is, and they're singing about how some things never change, but it's also clear as you watch that some things do change. Uh, for instance, the seasons are changing. Uh, the pumpkin that used to be a strong, healthy pumpkin has become fertilizer. There's a painter that's trying to paint a picture uh, and, and make that picture last forever. And in the same moment that he's painting that, um, the, the tree cutter, the woodsman, comes and knocks down the tree that he's trying to paint. Um, an old stone wall will never fall, right? They sing about that, and then the wall is actually crumbling underneath Olaf's feet exactly as they are singing that line. So, so the song is just full of irony, and, and there's a couple of things that the song really gets right. Um, uh, number one, some things are clearly changing. That's not so much in the lyric as much as it is in the video that you're watching. Some things are clearly changing, they also get it right that some things never change. And then there's just one thing, uh, one, one kind of key line towards the beginning uh, where I believe it's, it's Anna that says certain certainties, right? She's holding on to certain certainties, and those things will help us when things are changing. So some things are always changing, some things will never change, and certain certainties will help us when life is full of changes. Now, uh, here's the tie-in, right? Psalm 23, verse 5. Everybody's like, why are you talking about Frozen 2, Pastor Dave? But here, here's the deal, right? Psalm 23, verse 5 is super interesting because it feels like a lot has changed. Uh, all of a sudden, the image of God as shepherd has kind of changed into God as gracious host. Um, the green pastures have changed to a buffet table. The outdoors have changed to, uh, to a banquet hall inside. It feels like a lot has changed in Psalm 23. And yet, uh, when you really look at it and kind of drill down on it, it, it you, you kind of begin to realize that some things haven't changed. In fact, uh, what hasn't changed is God himself. It feels like David is trying to cement our feet and our hearts in some certain certainties that will be able to help us navigate life's changes and life's troubles. Um, the timing of this, of course, couldn't have been more perfect. Uh, Psalm 23, verse 4 is in the deep, dark valley. And in the deep, dark valley, man, we need certain certainties about who God is and what he's up to. And so just see this, right? Psalm 23, verse 4, David is in the deep, dark valley, and, uh, and he's basically stumbling out of that valley. And all of a sudden, 23, verse 5, he enters the great banquet hall of God. With nothing really to offer, 
nothing really to offer, but he's got a God who is gracious and a God who loves him deeply and says, hey, you're welcome here in my great banquet hall. There's good news just in that fact that the valley actually ends, right? That the valley isn't the final verse of Psalm 23 and that there's a great banquet hall waiting. Uh, but, but there's also great news in the certain certainties that we see in 23 verse 5. Here's the, here they are in just kind of quick uh, rattling it off fashion, right? Certain certainty that God provides. It's a certain certainty that God protects. And it's a certain certainty that God restores. And so what we're going to do is uh, as we walk through Psalm 23 verse 5, we'll be able to see like, okay, this is what God is doing, but, but it's also stuff that he has done in the past, historically, before Psalm 23. It's also stuff that, that Jesus does long after Psalm 23, and it's likely stuff that, that God is still doing today because some things never change, and there are certain certainties about God. Okay, so, so the first one is, is the certain certainty that God provides, right? This is the, the line from Psalm 23, verse 5, that says, You prepare a table before me. Uh, prepare is to arrange or set a table, so to speak. Uh, but we're probably not thinking, obviously, about God, you know, putting the, the, the plate and the silverware in the right location or folding the napkin just perfectly. We're, we're implying that a meal is also present there, right? And so, so God is, is preparing preparing a table. He's preparing a meal for David. And, and we could say that God is the host, right? He owns the home. God is the chef and God is the server. He does it all. God is the one in the kitchen preparing the food. He's the one bringing the food to David and serving it to him uh, for his enjoyment. David is just being poured into here. Uh, he's, he's being provided for. And I think we could say some things never change. Um, uh, consider this, right? Uh, way before Psalm 23, there's a man named Abraham in the Bible. And, uh, and, and the first time that God meets Abraham, and really this is the first time that God reveals a name for himself, is that uh, is God says, hey, I'm a God who provides. God is provider to Abraham. And then, and then God backs that up um, uh, several years later when Abraham is on a hill with his son Isaac and he's about to sacrifice his only son. And God, what, provides a substitutionary sacrifice. He provides a ram in a bush so that Isaac doesn't kill, uh, so that uh, Abraham doesn't kill his only son, but, but he gets to sacrifice the ram instead. God is a God who provides. Uh, we could say that God provided for the people of God in the wilderness. For 40 years, these folks wandered around in the wilderness, and God made it rain down bread from heaven every single day. Um, whenever they needed water, God provided water. Um, their, their, their shoes and their clothes didn't wear out for 40 years. I, I still find that amazing. I was just commenting yesterday, right? We've built in like a shoe budget in our house. I mean, we run, we go through shoes like, you know, every six months we have to buy these guys new shoes. And, and these guys, 40 years in the wilderness, their, their, their shoes and their clothes didn't wear out. God was providing for them. Um, uh, God was the shepherd in Psalm 23, verses 1 to 4, that provided the green pastures and led them to the relaxing waters. Some things never change. Uh, 
It's a certain certainty that God provides. When Jesus shows up, we read it earlier, uh, and, and he is Emmanuel with us, <clears throat> um, he fed the 5,000 hungry men. That would be such an incredible task for us. It would take days, weeks, months for us to plan, like how are we going to feed 5,000 hungry men and their families? Jesus does it in an instant with five loaves and two fish. Some things never change. Uh, there's some incredible um, uh, undertones or foreshadowing here about how uh, uh, the, about the the Lord's Supper, right? We could think about how Jesus um, directs the disciples, "Hey, this is where you're going to find the room, right? This is what to look for, and, and the room that I want you to prepare the meal." And then at the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper, uh, Jesus is the one who's leading that meal. He's the one that uh, that is distributing the food, and he says, "Hey, this meal, this table that we are sitting at, it's really all about me and my." I love for you. Some things never change. Today we would say that God is still providing for our most basic needs. Today we would say that Jesus feeds us with his word. Today we would say and we know that we are still welcome at that same table, celebrating the Passover meal, celebrating the Lord's Supper where he grants us forgiveness of all of our sin. Some things never change. Uh, God is a God who provides. We would also say that God is a God who protects. Uh, this is a pretty interesting deal. God is a God who protects. Um, we might also say it in a different way and say that God is victorious. Uh, the line from Psalm 23, verse 5, is in the presence of my enemies, right? It's the second line. You prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies. It's a fascinating line, uh, especially when you really kind of picture yourself in that banquet hall in the presence of your enemies, right? I mean, this is a fascinating thing. Um, what we're really trying to say here is that God's past protection changes how I see my current enemies. I had to write that down because I, I didn't want to miss how God kind of captured it in my own heart. Um, God's past protection changes how I see my current enemies. Um, somehow David's enemies have been allowed in the room with him. And, and David's enemies are not to be trifled with. Uh, these guys are bloodthirsty, they're, they're power-hungry enemies. Uh, they want to ruin David's reputation, they want to physically take his life, and, and they want to they take the throne from him. Uh, these are nasty enemies, and yet somehow God has invited them into the banquet hall. Uh, God has allowed them into the banquet hall. How comfortable are you at your dinner table if your enemies or your troubles are physically present in the room with you? Not very comfortable. I lose my appetite pretty quickly when I just have enemies that are outside of my home, right? When I have troubles that are outside of my home. Uh, but, but if they're physically in the room with you, you lose your appetite pretty quickly. And so it's fascinating here that, that David seems to be okay, he seems to be okay because he knows who God is. He knows that God has never lost. He knows that God is undefeated, and, and, and he knows that God is in the room with him. Yeah, his enemies are there. His troubles are there, but, but so is God, and God is with him. God is preparing the meal for him, and so he isn't afraid. 
And again, right, we could say that some things never change, that it's a certain certainty that God is a, a God who protects. Um, earlier in Psalm 23, right, we saw the language about he makes me lie down, right? Uh, that we, we talked about how um, the sheep aren't going to lie down unless the enemies of the sheep are gone, uh, or unless they're clearly under control, right? If the shepherd has done his work and either eliminated enemies or, or in trouble um, or clearly has them under control, then and only then will the sheep lie down. We've seen this before. Um, uh, even it's 23 verse 4, right? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the deep dark valley, I will not fear. Why? Because you are with me. And you, God, have a rod, right? That, that two-foot club <laughs> to protect me. Some things never change. Uh, Jesus came to be Emmanuel, to be in the room with us, to be by our side, the, the, no matter how much trouble, uh, no matter how many enemies there are. He came to be with us. He promises his disciples uh, that they would have enemies and that they would have trouble. Uh, Matthew chapter 10 is a fascinating chapter. Jesus, Jesus says, hey, you're going to have enemies, you're going to have troubles, but don't worry because you have a father who loves you. I mean, in the very next breath, yeah, don't worry. You have a father who loves you, and he's going he's gonna to protect you from the worst things. Uh, in another story, we know that Jesus protects the disciples um, in the storm. Uh, in another story, we know that Jesus protects a woman who has committed adultery. He protects her from execution. Uh, we know that Jesus defeats Satan in the wilderness. We know that Jesus defeats Satan on the cross. We know that he conquers death when he rises from the dead. Uh, today, I think we can assume that some things never change. I think we can assume uh, that, that it's a certain certainty that he's protecting us. Now, now, I'll admit, this one is a little bit harder for me to, to know concretely. I, I don't know for sure all the ways that God is, is protecting me, how he's protecting me, what he's protecting me from. But, but I know that when I feel like my enemies and my troubles are in the room with me, I, I know that I've got a God who's also in the room with me. And, and there is nothing and no one bigger than that God. Some things never change. It's a certain certainty that God provides, that God protects, and that God restores. Um, the line in Psalm 23, verse 5 is, uh, you anoint my head with oil. Um, I would say, you pour plenty of oil over my head. Now, it's a little bit funny uh, in 2021 because uh, we don't necessarily like oily hair, uh, so to speak, right? A lot of us are trying to eliminate oily hair. But put yourself uh, way back in Psalm 23 time uh, because uh, the, the sense here, right, is, is that what God does is he restores or he refreshes your sort of countenance, your presence. Um, uh, these guys are going to be traveling uh, in really hot weather, and they're going to be all sweaty and nasty, right? Uh, they're going to be traveling on dirt roads, and so they're going to have dirt just kind of caked all over them. And, and there's no sinks to wash your face. There's no sinks to wash your hands. There's no uh, way to really take a bath. So, so if you want to have sort of a, a, a freshened up appearance, you receive oil to pour over your head and over your hands and to kind of cleanse your face and your body. 
Um, the beautiful thing here is that God's got abundant resources, not just for your belly, <laughs> but for your whole being, for your head, and for the refreshment of your spirit. And again, some things never change. We've already seen this in Psalm 23. Uh, we, we talked earlier, uh, it's uh, earlier in verse, I don't know, four, three, I can't think right now, but uh, God restores, and we talked about how, we, how he restores the soul, right? To restore means that, that something that is broken gets fixed. Something that doesn't work right is made to work right. Something that doesn't look right all of a sudden does look right. God has abundant resources, not just for my belly, but also for my soul, for my heart, for my whole being. Um, in other places, uh, God restores a, a, a depressed prophet named Elijah. Uh, Elijah feels defeated and he is depressed and he just removes himself from society and God comes and restores him with identity and he gives Elijah a fresh purpose and a fresh vision. Um, uh, later on, or I mean earlier, uh, way before Psalm 23, God invited a man named Moses into his presence every single day in the tent, right? As they were in the wilderness, God invited Moses into the tent every day to be refreshed and restored by his very word. Some things never change. It's a certain certainty that God restores. Uh, when Jesus comes to be Emmanuel, uh, hundreds of years after Psalm 23, uh, Jesus shows up and he restores a man's withered hand. Uh, the man couldn't use his hand and he had been hiding his hand. Jesus says, hey, stick out your hand. And all of a sudden that hand is restored. Um, Jesus promised that he would restore all things at the end of time as we know it. Uh, Jesus restored the sight of the blind. Uh, he anoints not the head of the disciples, but the feet of the disciples on the night when he was betrayed. He got down and he actually washed their feet, washed off the filth from their feet. And we would say that Jesus was crucified, he was died, and is buried. And then three days later, he himself is restored and refreshed. Some things never change. It's a beautiful, certain certainty that, that, that God is a God who wants to and can restore all things. So um, uh, here's a, a moment for you to just kind of chime in. That just tell us which one of those is standing out to you. Uh, which certain certainty did you just need to hear this morning? Uh, that, that God provides, that God protects, or that God restores? Uh, things seem to be changing pretty quickly for David in Psalm 23. We, we never really pay attention to this, but, but, but if we think about it, right, he starts out in the green pastures, and then all of a sudden he, he moves into this deep, dark valley, and, and now he's entering the great banquet hall of God. Uh, there's all kinds of, of change happening for David just in these few short verses. And I think we can connect <laughs> things are just constantly changing for us. And as things change, we need certain certainties. We need a God who, who, who can firmly cement our feet and our hearts in some incredible truths about who he is and what he does. And so just see this, whether you're in the green pastures or, or in the deep, dark valley, or enjoying the, the, the great banquet hall of God, we can know for certain that God is a God who provides, that God is a God who protects, 
a God is a God who can and will restore. And we can be confident that God is holding on tight to you, no matter where you are. Those are certain certainties in whatever season of life you're in. Amen and amen. Uh, let's pray and just, uh, just thank Jesus again for who he is. Uh, Jesus, we, we, we really are so thankful for the chance to just sort of pause and, oh man, reflect on who you are. Uh, be thinking about all the different things that you have done. Um, there, there are certain truths about you that we've seen since the beginning of time. Um, and, and you show us those things again and again and again in the life of your people. And so we ask that you would give us open eyes, um, open hearts, open minds, uh, so that we can see these truths today, uh, so that we can believe and trust in these truths today, and that these certain certainties would help us as we navigate change, as we navigate this life, and that we would just have a great joy and celebration of who you are and all that you have done. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.